is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Tonight, I guess, um, as we continue on with our, our study, um, we'd listen to, to, to some of the men in our church to stand up behind the pulpit and, and preach some, some attributes of God. They'll, they'll preach on things like His faithfulness. They, they'll preach on, um, this past few weeks, on, on God's mercy. Others have preached on God's goodness. And it's often the time that uh, when, when you have an opportunity to preach, especially if you're, you're preaching a, um, a specific topic like the attributes of God, there will be some sermons that are, I, I guess you get nervous about when you find that you're actually teaching and preaching in regards to that subject. And I think for me, one of the, the hardest things is to, to preach this subject, and this subject is really the attributes of God's holiness. The attributes of God's holiness. And sometimes when we, we hear a sermon in regards to God's holiness, we sort of brace ourselves in our seats as we think about what could be what could be preached or how, how can it be used to, to cut me down in some way or how can, that, how, how can the Lord use this sermon to, to really evaluate my life? And when you talk about God's holiness, it's almost like there's this, this, this quietness in the room. But I'd like to put forth this notion tonight that, that God's holiness isn't just for us to, be, to feel bad or feel wrongly done because of our failures. But I believe that God's holiness really energizes us and causes us to perpetuate in our growth. I believe that God's holiness this evening, as we see, we'll see through Scripture, really helps define who we are as Christians and then see our position in our faith. And so tonight, again, just, just relax. I know it's, we're, we're going to be talking about the holiness of God tonight, but I want you guys to see these truths. And first point for us this evening, if you'd like to write notes, is simply this. God's holiness is perfect. God's holiness is perfect. The primary definition of holiness is to be distinct, is to be separate. Another definition of holiness is is to be morally pure compared to the scriptures, compared to commandments. If we're not careful, our mind endeavors to sometimes simplify the term holiness as one that keeps the commandments. And so if someone to, say, someone to ask you today, uh, are, are you holy? You automatically in your mind think to yourself, do I have known sin in my life? Is there, is there some things that, that I haven't kept in the Ten Commandments per se? Or, or what Jesus Christ has taught after in the New Testament? How, how have I been living in regards to my Christian walk regarding holiness? But interestingly, a byproduct of holiness is a desire of keeping moral uprightness. Do you, do you, do you believe that tonight? Amen. If you, if you believe in the holiness of God, then the byproduct for you, if you want to get to know your God, is that you're going to start desiring to be holy in your life. But let me share to you some, some thoughts in regards to this. Holiness is, God's, is in God's fundamental nature. And that unique nature so permeates what God is and what He does. And there is no action or thought from the Godhead that can override it. And so when we lastly talked about the attributes of God, we would say something like this, that God is merciful. Amen. God is faithful. God is kind. 
But I want to put out this notion that the holiness of God encapsulates all those characteristics and attributes of Jesus Christ and, and, and of God. So not only is, is God merciful, but God's mercy is holy. Amen? Not only is God gracious, but He has a holy gracious. Not only is God kind, but He's holy kind. His mercy is not only just mercy, it's, it's holy mercy. His knowledge is just not knowledge, it's holy knowledge. And as, as we use the term holy in regards to God, it calls to attention of all His attributes and as, as, a, as a word that distinguishes who God is and who everybody else is not. God is holy. In 1 John, let's turn there, chapter 1. 1 John, chapter 1. And again, I won't be long this evening just skimming, I guess, through this attribute, this thought. In 1 John, chapter 1, verse 5. First John chapter 1, verse 5. It says this, This then, this then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Verse 6, if we say then we have, uh, we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we, uh, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In verse 9, the, the verse that we often, often state as we go soul winning and as we tell people about Jesus, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And here what we find as the first point is, is that God's holiness is perfect. God's holiness is perfect. In verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Amen. You know, your relationship isn't based really on what you've done or what you will do. It's based on the finished work of Jesus. God's holiness is perfect. And do you know what that does as we know, as we evaluate that, okay, God's holiness is perfect. We see that through Scripture. The, the next step, I guess, to understanding this is that God's holiness really reveals our shortcomings. And let's turn to a very familiar passage of Scripture this evening, Isaiah chapter 6, the book of Isaiah chapter 6, and we begin reading in verse 1. Very familiar passage of Scripture, the, um, Isaiah's vision of the, of the Lord's glory. And in, in verse 1 says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. And uh, a few weeks ago, I was preaching here, and, and I, was, I was making allurement to these verses here in regards to the seraphims. It says here, each one had six wings. With twain, he covered his face. And with twain, he covered his feet. And with twain, he did fly. Four wings were used as, as humility. As, as hiding, as, as I'm, not, I'm not even worthy to see you. You're not worthy to see who I am. And, but the other two wings were used as practicality. There, was, there were actual uses for them. And, and they didn't just stand there and awe and, and just bow like this. 
towards God. No, they, they flew around. They, they said these words. And he says here in verse 3, And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. In verse 4, And the posts of the doors moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Now picture this in your mind. This is a revelation, a vision that was given to, to the prophet Isaiah as he perceives this happening in front of him. As he hears the angel speaking with another angel saying, Holy, holy, holy. He realized something as, as a prophet. Understand, he was God's messenger. He was the one that, that, that God would speak to in order to convey a message to the Israelites, whether it would be beneficial or whether it would be um, condemning. He was the man to go to. And what he saw affected who he was. And the next verse says this in verse 5, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. This is the preacher. This is the man of God. But compared to Compared to God, he was rotten because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. And, and sometimes we, we skim over that second part of the verse. What was interesting is that before he ever judged who he was with, he evaluated himself. Did you notice that? He says, because I am a man of unclean lips. And then it says, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. God's holiness will reveal our shortcomings. Internal, understand this, I wrote these, these points simply this. Is, it was an internal understanding. Then it was an external application. Acknowledgement of one's personal position causes us to see who and how holy God really is. And if we really do believe that God's holiness is perfect, then God's holiness will convict us of sin in our life. I was talking to a brother this morning, and, and we were just talking about what we read in our scriptures. And I, I made this statement, and it wasn't really profound at all, but the Lord spoke to my heart while I made the statement. It was weird how, how the Lord works sometimes. And I said, there's never been a time where I've opened up the Bible to read it, that God didn't stir my heart about something if I was truly walking with him. Church, I'm going to be first to, to be transparent, and I know all of us, if not all of us tonight, who have been in that position where you're reading the Bible and you get nothing. But you know you have that little sin right in the back of your mind that you don't want to deal with. You, you know you have that, that thing that, that's hindering you in your relationship with God. And, and if you're not careful, you might think that, oh, there's something wrong with the Scriptures. There's something wrong with the Holy Spirit that's inside me. Why am I not getting any truth from the Word of God? Maybe, just maybe, that there's this wall, this hedge that's stopping you. Known sin. And there's always a time when, when I'm evaluating myself and say, I ask God, God, why is it that I'm not learning anything? Why is it, not I, that, uh, why is it that I can't apply what I've, I, I've read? Why is it? And often the times is that I'm not walking with God the way that I should. And yes, there is dry spells. There is times where you really need to just to get fall in your face towards God. But church, let me remind you that God's holiness will reveal our shortcomings. 
So let's turn to Isaiah 59, verse 1. This is, a, this is a point that really energized me, really excited me. In Isaiah 59, verse 1 says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his, he- his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. Verse 2, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins hid his face from you, that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue has muttered perverseness. Not only is God's holiness perfect, or it reveals our shortcomings, but God's holiness is satisfying. Every one of us in this room does not deserve God's mercy. Everyone in this room does not deserve God's graciousness. But let me tell you, God's holiness has been satisfied. So how does that work? See, sin sin hinders God's mercies from coming down upon those that believe. It's like a petition wall that separates us between God. But do you know what? This eternal and infinite distance between God and man because of our sin has been drawn together by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the blood of Jesus Christ, my friend, allows this correspondence to take place. That's the reason why tonight when we pray, we can know that we're talking to God. That's the reason why tonight as, we, as, as you leave this church and as you, you pray for the, the salvation of your kids or you're praying for the salvation of your friends, the reason why you can have faith in knowing that you're speaking with God and not yourself or your mind or your inner spirit is that this holiness has been satisfied by Jesus Christ. It says this in in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We read verses like Romans 5, verse 11 and 12, and it says, And not only so, but we also join God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Atonement for what? For our sin. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. But aren't you glad this evening that the standard of God, the standard that God has set, has already been accomplished? Amen? You need to be glad too. Why? Because whether you're glad or not, it's already been done. Jesus Christ finished the work. Jesus Christ is the only way we as humans, as sinners, become holy. That's through Jesus Christ. Not only that, God's holiness enables us. Now, some of you this this evening might be tired, might be a little hot for you today. But let me just suppose... To you this evening, imagine you lived in a world where, where the only person that, you, that can help you is your mom. And you're down in the dumps of your life and, and you just lost your job or, or you're going through some, some bout of depression or something like that and, and the only person that you can call and the only person that you can confide in is your, is your mom. And you call that phone number and you're expecting that, that person, that, that beloved person that you care about and that cares so much about you um, 
to turn around and say, hey, son, I'm here for you. I love you. But you keep calling that number and it, it doesn't, it rings out. You, you hear the, the little line at the end that says, hey, just leave a message. Just, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But, but you don't have any more time. You, you need the help now. Now imagine yourself, you're, you're, you're on your way to, to, to a, a party and you, you get a phone call from a son and, Ma, I just got into an accident. I don't think the other person will make it. And you say, well, why are you putting all these circumstances in my mind? It's simply this, guys. We have a blessed assurance. We have a, a relationship with a father that loves us enough that never takes his phone on, on silent, never places his phone on silent. What it is is that you have constant relationship, constant communication with your God. Why? Because of Jesus. And the holiness of God was satisfied for that you can, so that you can have this relationship, and that should enable you. That should encourage you. Because let me tell you tonight, there are many people out there are calling their moms and they're not picking up. There are many people out there, and sadly, there are many in here that live a life that doesn't even maximize their relationship with God. He's just like, oh, he's a spare tire. I'll go there when I need him. We need him every day. Amen? We need to realize this in relationship. Do you know the reason why you don't read your Bible? Because you don't see value in it. Don't tell me about time. Don't talk to me about time. Because if you value something, you're going to maximize it, right? If, if you value something, you're going to care about something like that tonight. If you care about the scriptures, if you care about your relationship with Jesus, you're going to spend time, you're going to make time, you're going to invest time on God. Why? Because His holiness has been approved. It's been okayed. It's been rectified. That should enable you, church. That should enable you, the holiness of God. So, the question is simply this, and I'll go through this really quickly. How do I live holy? You know, there's, there's not a day that goes by where we, fa we, we don't fail. You say, this is a sad point in our Christianity. No. Do you know that happened every single generation, even before us? People struggled with immorality thousands of years ago, just like how we are today. Do you know there's, there's, there's been church splits that's happened hundreds of years ago that still the same issues are splitting churches today? But the Lord didn't send out another book. There was no other person that was divinely inspired of God to preserve another book for you. There's no third Thessalonians. Or there's, there's no third Corinthians for you. No, no. What God has provided for us is already in the Scriptures. So if you're looking for something else, you're going to be looking for a long time. And so in order for us to understand how do we wholly in, in, in regards to God's terms, it's simply this. Deal with sin daily. Deal with sin daily. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Psalm 66 verse 18. 
When we see sin the way that God has seen sin, it will break our heart when we fall into it. Do you know that, have you ever bit into some type of food and you, you felt a crunch that shouldn't have been a crunch? There's a, there was this one time we, um, Doris, we, we were at a, a restaurant. And it was one of my favorite restaurants. Actually, it was the first place that I thought I was going to bring my wife to as, a, as, our, um, as our restaurant. It's going to be our restaurant for the rest of our lives, right? And she, she, she goes in and she, she gets some of these noodles at this Chinese restaurant. And she felt this crunch. And she sort of spat it out like, like a woman. It's, not, for me, I would have just, Bleh. but not my wife. She was very ladylike about it. And there was this piece of, piece of plate, about this big, right? Hit the table, and you could hear, it, hear the glass hit the table. And you're like, we are never going to come here ever again. That broke my heart. It really did. But did we ever go back there? No. Why? Because there was something there that shouldn't have been there. Not only that, you, you, you have times where you, you're, you're, you're eating some food and you hear a crunch and you sort of dis, disregard it and later on in the day you sort of feel a pain. Have you ever heard that? You feel a pain and you're like, what's going on? And you sort of go to the mirror in the bathroom at your workplace and you look and your feelings come out. And you say, yeah, no worries. It's, it's okay. It's just a feeling. My tooth doesn't really hurt that bad. And you let it fester. And you let it go for a while. And at first it, it hurt, and then it stopped hurting. So you don't, you don't worry about it anymore. It's, it's, it's like it's a miracle, like God just healed your teeth. And out of the blue, you're, you're sitting there, and you're on your, on your way overseas somewhere, and that tooth starts giving you so much pain. You say, what was that? That, that was something that should have been fixed that, that wasn't fixed. And we could live our life continually thinking that it's okay to harbor this sin. But in the sight of God, it's not. It, it, you might think that it's okay. Oh, it's been years since they did that to me. And, and I can sort of suppress that in my mind. And, and my conscience doesn't, doesn't hurt anymore like it used to. But little do you know, it's actually affecting your relationship with God. And so in order for us to be holy and be people that are holy... We need to deal with sin in a daily basis. Why? Because we fail daily. And church, we, we, we need to determine, which is the second point, by the way, you need to determine that you're going to try to be victorious. You're going to determine that. It says this in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. It says, Wherefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, and hope that to the end for the grace that, it, that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts your, in, in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of what? Conversation. In all manner of conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. But the, the, the beautiful thing about when you're reading the scripture, it's not, a, it, it's not just by itself. There's, there's a reason, there's a context in scripture. And you need to study that out. And what you find is as, as, as a writer of the first Peter, 
speaks about girding up the loins of your mind. He's saying that the battle that we face often does not start externally, it starts internally. And he says here, there's a transition. In verse 13, he talks about the mind. Then after, in verse 15, talks about all manner of conversation. That's external. That's the way you speak. That's the way you live. That's the way you govern yourself. And here what we find, church, is simply this, is that we need to determine to live in victory. There's no point in giving up. So you can, I, I sort of understand, I sort of understand someone giving up because they have no one else to go to. They, don't, they feel like they don't have any help. But Christian, you do have help. You do have someone there that loves you, that cares for you, that has never left you nor forsaken you, that says that if, if you, you've called upon him, he, he's placed you in his palm and, and he's closed his hand and no one else can take it from him. It is, there's this thing where he said that, that you, you know his voice and he knows you. And so if you're in that predicament this evening, if you feel that you've got nowhere else to go, you can still go to God. Why? Because God's holiness is holy. So why? It truly is. It's satisfied. It's perfect. And that should enable us to go to Him. God, I failed you again. Let me get back up. God, I don't want to wallow in my sin anymore. I'm sick of it. Let me get back up. God, I understand your position. You're holy. And I understand my practical position. And practically, I fail you every day. But my spiritual position is that the holiness of Jesus Christ has been imputed on me. And I can have communion with you. And so here we have simply the third point is this. Um, desire an intimate walk with the Lord. Deal with sin daily, determined to live in victory, and desire an intimate walk with the Lord. Let's turn to Romans chapter 6, and we'll finish off with this. Romans chapter 6, and verse 19. I spake after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. Verse 20. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit, what fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For well, the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Church, let's not take what we have for granted. Let the Holy Scriptures permeate and change your life. Endeavor 
to decide that when the Holy Spirit speaks to you to do something, you just obey it. Determine to do that. Determine and desire an intimate walk with the Lord. I don't understand why sometimes we leave, we leave the best, best verses of scriptures, the best ones, to when we fail. I don't know if you got that, but I do this sometimes. I use and I quote the best passages of Scripture when I've done wrong or when I'm repentant towards God. I'm trying to get things right in my life. I save it for that time. But let me tell you, church, the verses like trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. That shouldn't just be saved for the hard times. It should be saved for now. It should be quoted now. It should be lived in now. And not, not, not only that, and you, you hear verses like, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be, be made known unto God. Why do we save that for when we really do need something to, from God? Why do we save it for that? Well, you can claim it today. And church, what I'm trying to say is that the holiness of God, even though it's a a fearful and reverential thing that you should have. It should energize you and enable you to keep going on for him. You should desire to say, hey, I will never experience holiness the way God desires me until one day this corrupted flesh will put on incorruption. One day I'll be in heaven and I don't need to deal with sin anymore. And then I'll know holiness is about but as we evaluate I, and I, I guess as, as the next couple of weeks as we evaluate the attributes of God um, let it not just be something that we know and we find out about and then forget let's apply it it should bring you closer to God getting to know who your God is getting to know the God of the Bible that should be energizing you and I pray I pray that you know, as the men get up and, and that's why I was so thankful at the start and some people have full-time jobs, man, and they're working. And, they, and God gave them something to preach, and they stand up behind this pulpit, and they preach. And we think it's dry. No, no, it's from the Lord. God allowed them to do that. God allowed them to preach. So, man, thank you for coming tonight. Let's pray. Let's, let's think about God's holiness this week. Father, again, we thank you for this time. Lord, it wasn't an indictment message. It was a message, Lord, that should have encouraged your people this evening. Father, we know you're holy. We know you're righteous. And so thank you again for sending Jesus to help us to be in that position too, spiritually. But Father, as we live our life, I ask that we continue to evaluate ourselves. Help us to be, to be determined to be victorious over sin. And then, Father, help us, Lord, to desire a walk, an intimate walk with you. Thank you again for this evening. In Jesus' name, amen.